Hello, everyone. My name is Dan Covell, Managing Partner with CG Mineta Consulting, the nation's premier business-to-business -business cost reduction firm. This is our webinar series. You can thank us later. And today we have a guest that I've been waiting to talk to, totally the things he's got to say regarding New York City real estate, commercial real estate in particular, is, is very interesting. Um, so I think you guys are going to really like this one. We've got James Marquand with He's a commercial real estate broker with R New York. Now, James, jumping right into it, the COVID pandemic over the last two, two and a half years, we've seen a mass um, the exodus in New York City. Uh, we've seen everybody pivot to virtual reality. Are offices a thing of the past? Uh, short answer, no. Um, longer answer, uh, it's never going to be the same. Like it, the, the future is definitely hybrid uh, work um, for all kinds of reasons. Um, anybody who anybody who can do their work online now, uh, you're going to have to sell them really hard to get them back in the office five days a week. Um, so what's going to happen is there's going to be a whole new type of uh, offices are just going to change. Um, you're going to have a, a lot more kind of just shared workspace, by which I do not mean the open office plan, which you know, famously not so fabulous. Um, but there's going to be uh, it's just going to be a matter of having of rotating people through. Um, to make the most use of the space and, and of people, really, because you don't have to necessarily um, cut back your space. A lot of people are deciding, well, we're going to keep the space, but we're just going to have it. Uh, we're going to hire more people and we're going to uh, just have a certain percentage of them there at a given time. Um, there's also been, I mean, basically, there's sort of two phases here, right? One was reacting to the pandemic itself. In other words, have, making it safe for people so that people wouldn't get sick. And that involved a lot of complicated stuff with shifts, uh, having traffic flow in the hallways, uh, you know, one-way hallways, so on and so forth. Uh, you know, and that was, a, that, that is at least God willing, um, that's less, that's, that's, people aren't thinking about that quite as much. They are thinking about um, how to how to make use of the fact that more people are going to be working at home. People, a lot of people like it, um, but there's also people who don't. Apparently, there's I forget. Um, I think it was um, Gartner did a survey saying that there about 19, 20 percent of the people loved working from home. Totally loved it. About 20 percent of the people said. They would much rather work from the office. Everyone else was pretty much, you know, in between. So it's pretty obvious that to attract uh, talent, which is, as everyone knows, now getting harder and harder, you're going to have to make it flexible, and you're going to have to invest in in IT stuff to make it to make it happen. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, How quick did they when COVID hit March 2020 when everything started? shutting down. How quick did leasing dry up after? It was dry. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, a very fast, very fast short answer. Uh, 
it was it was slowing down until like everybody realized, oh, this is actually happening. And then it was it was I mean, literally the figures were it was over the leasing activity. I think within the first three months of the, you know, it went down like 50% at least. And that's, and that's, and, and as a, as a, as a comparison, 9-11 and the financial crisis, it only went down, you know, maybe 19, 20% at a given time. Yeah. So it was huge. I mean, it was, the city was a, a surreal place in the beginning. I mean, it really was, it was like a sci-fi movie. You would go out and there was nobody there. Um, but, uh, so, but all the people who, for instance, like for banks, the people who do all the back office stuff, the brokerages, people who handle all the, you know, clearing the trades and stuff, they were all, most of them were able to, to go to work from home. And a lot of them had long commutes, right? Like yeah. an hour commute each way. They are not going back to this. <laughs> they, they've tasted freedom. They've Absolutely. tasted freedom and it is good, you know? Yeah, and, uh, I, can, and so, I can definitely see that without yeah. a doubt. Have yeah. we hit the bottom yet? Like, if we look at bargains, right? If we look at square footage, are we at the bottom? Are we moving up? Uh, we're, I think we're a little maybe, I think we maybe we've bounced up off the bottom a little bit. I mean, basically the market, well, the market was a little bit frozen even before COVID. It certainly froze up during COVID. Now there's a market, there's deals are happening. Um, the asking prices are still a little softer than pre-COVID. Um, the taking prices are, the, the deltas aren't that different. They were to begin with. Uh, I mean, maybe six, seven months ago, the deltas were, were, were you know, you, there was 25%, 20, 25% off the ask, which for New York office spaces, that's a huge delta. Usually the, you know, the delta is like a, a dollar, $2, $3 a square foot, um, at least for, you know, medium, small size space. Um, but where you are seeing, uh, where you're seeing value, you're getting a lot more TI, a lot more tenant improvement, a lot more free rent. Um, and famously now, like everyone is all on the amenity train. Um, Larry Silverstein was talking about having catered lunches for all his buildings. I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen, but... <laughs> but um, Quite the commitment. <laughs> uh, you know, but there was this there was this bizarre moment when in a you know I guess it's a couple of months into that I guess it was six months into that when Jamie Dimon got on you know and said well you know we're we're Morgan Stanley or no it's not Morgan Stanley who he runs Morgan Chase anyway Citibank Citibank sorry so he he said well we're operating with zero footprint we can do it we've proven we can uh, we can uh, operate with zero footprint. <laughs> And all the lands. Oh, we're not worried. We're not worried. They were, they were worried. If you own, if you own like an office building in New York, you were, you were. I don't care. I don't Without care a doubt, I could imagine that. That's insane. So, all right, CG Mineta Consulting. We're expanding, and we want to go into New York City. Where are we finding value? Where in in recommend uh, for leasing? Uh, you know, there's still like the Hudson, the whole Hudson Yards um, development. There's, I think there's still value there on the, so the far West side. Um, there, I mean, still ironically, I was talking about, um, you know, 9-11, the financial district never really recovered. The rents never recovered. I, really? it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, so there's still definitely deals down there. Like, um, 
you know, there's still uh, there's still office space going, um, uh, you know, going going cheap down there, um, and some very nice, you know, like big views and all and all that stuff. So also sometimes, and then some smaller spaces I've seen around the seaport area, uh, which is a cute area. But the, there's it's it's an odd thing. It's an intangible. The thing is the feeling down there. It's, I don't know. Well, you, you used to work on Wall Street. You know, it's it, like it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't, uh, people, it, it doesn't <laughs> put it this way. It doesn't, it's not like a, a kind of like homey feeling. Like you could, you can sort of have the, the feeling in Midtown is, I don't know. It's just, it's more, it's more variegated and down Wall Street, it's just the feeling is like a little colder. And I don't know. Yeah. It's it's an intangible, but I think I, I'm convinced that's the reason the rents are lower. I mean, the offices are are perfectly good, beautiful views, so on and so forth. Um, it's makes it's, sense. Yeah, I mean, that's nobody wants to be around that kind of uh, environment yeah, or, that, or that feeling. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> tough, and they've had a tough time getting residential people. At that, I mean, they've been trying. Like developers, right, have been trying to get a residential population down there. That's been a, it's been a tough sell, except for Battery Park. The Battery Park is right near the, the water, yeah. and that's like gorgeous, right? So that's, that's exactly. So yeah. you just you just mentioned something, developers. I'm a developer going to New York City. You know, where am I buying? Where was the best value for me to? That's buy? a tough. I mean, there's honestly like, um, what do I look for? You know, well, you got to expanded or. Well, I always tell people for, I mean, and this would be sort of smaller scale development. Um, along the, what the, the second Avenue subway now serves Manhattan from uh, 96th street to uh, 57th street. Eventually it will go all the way down to Wall Street. I think there would be value in buying, you know, small multifamily things, uh, you know, east of first Avenue up there. East End Avenue is already very expensive. There's a lot of fancy condos and it, you know, it's Gracie Mansion and it, it's gorgeous. But along the side streets, there's small multifamily stuff, I think would be not a bad thing to do because I don't think, I don't think it's been priced in. Once you can go direct from Second Avenue and 86th Street to Wall Street, I think those, those Eastern First, Second Avenue uh, areas are gonna, I think they're gonna pop. I think it'll be, I think there's still value there. Um, uh, for larger development, you know, it's that's a real that you just have to do a lot of homework. There's, you know, there are distressed properties out there, but it's, you know, you don't find them on LoopNet, um, and it's it's you got to be you got to be digging twenty four seven to to find find something. It's not easy. Honestly, it's just not easy to find value. To, it's to, New York City. To buy and build. But, you know, it's <laughs> and a lot of times it ends up at people, you know, a lot of foreign uh, actually, I, I used to work for a firm that got half bought by a foreign firm and they came in and they built they built three projects but they just and they were they bought the land cheap, but it turned out it was on sand. And they literally have pumps now in the basement of their buildings that are running 24 seven and they're paying electric to like pump out the basement of their building because uh, they didn't. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's, it's, 
That's, that's uh, crazy. Uh, you know, I mean, developing in New York City, that's triple black diamond real estate. Yep, no doubt about it. So, well, leasing too. I mean, that that's not. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, and that's you know, uh, that's why it's good to have a broker. Um, exactly. Not not to mention an attorney. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, there's there's a. It's not you know, as anyone who's done it knows, but uh, some people don't. Like, it's not like renting an apartment for your resident, you know, or buy. It's completely different. There's a lot more stuff that you just can't learn from the internet. You know, you, you have to have done it. You have to have seen, you know, a lot of leases to know what the norms are. Um, you're never gonna get an entirely, like lawyers are always very cautious famously for, for perfectly good reasons, but um, you know, uh, uh, someone who's never signed a commercial lease before looks at a commercial lease and they think this is crazy, this, this, this can't be true. Um, and some of the stuff in the lease can get crossed out and some of it, um, like it or not, probably won't. And it's the, it's, it's an attorney who's local and who's done, uh, who's done deals in the, in the city who knows, who knows the difference and knows yeah. where they can, where there's wiggle room and where there's not. So um, the other thing to, uh, uh, yeah, where were we? Let me ask you this. Uh, is see, well, one, more, what, one more thing. The other thing, like, and again, maybe this is obvious, but I say it to people because mm. I don't like to take on a tenant and then get them in and, 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 you know, I get, I get paid, but then like three years later, they, they, they're out because they're not sufficient. They weren't sufficiently capitalized going in. Do not, not, not go to lease in New York City unless you you are sufficiently capitalized. It's it's suicide. Um, what do you what do you consider sufficiently capitalized? Should they have? Well, it's amount? you know. I mean, okay. I mean, that's the problem, right? Is that in in the restaurant business they say like the rule of thumb is you should never be spending more than like twenty five percent of your your monthly income on rent. Well, uh, you know, that's, you know, it's, that's rarely gonna happen really in real terms here now. Um, they say also that if you're gonna, uh, if you're gonna start, you should have at least, at least a year's buffer of capital. So a year's worth of rent, you know, taxes, CAM, staff, pots and pans, everything. Again, like, okay, if you're a major established chain, yes, you'll have that, but most people aren't going to have it. But but just be aware, like, if you're doing it so close to the bone that, that you have no room for error, if there's a, if you have trouble getting Con Ed to come turn on the gas, or you have this, that, and the other thing, just be aware that you need to have, you need to have a decent cushion because, you know, it never goes smoothly. It just doesn't. And you, you help facilitate that, that smoothness? Like, can you? I, yeah, I mean, I, first of all, like I'm doing now, I'm honest with people about like what, what, you know, how, what the process is. Um, yeah, I will, I can, I can find, you know, it's important to have like an expediter. I know a couple of very good expediters, um, uh, you know, liquor license attorneys, uh, things like that, people, zoning attorneys, things like that. You can, uh, you know, you can pretty much get done, you know, anything that, that that's legal, 
with you know the right the right help and 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 you you got to pay for it um and uh so there, there's a big cost of doing business in in new york city it really is yeah there, there always has been it's always been the place to be yeah yeah and, the, and 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 so the flip side is you cannot be shy about charging people say to me james i can't afford you know for this i say you've got to charge right yeah. like there's a reason that you like <laughs> you, there's a reason they're getting these numbers it's because like if you charge if you pre, if you give them something good the people here will pay the money is here yeah. the, the the sort of appreciation for a good whatever it is here people will pay like yeah. you know who thought you paid 25 dollars for a hamburger well yeah it's a, it's a beautiful buffalo burger people will do it yeah, without a doubt now yeah. if you've got an investor or business looking in the city would you recommend today they buy or lease? Is there a benefit to one over to the other? How do you feel about that whole dynamic? And we're talking specifically New York City. Yeah. Most people who buy um, who buy uh, commercial condos and co-ops um, these days, it's mostly uh, it's mostly like invest REITs investment trusts um it it's not typically have i ever i don't think i've ever in like i don't think i've ever i've certainly i know i've never represented like a doctor or somebody who bought their space now it does happen but it's it's becoming increasingly rare um uh so i i mean i think all, all in, I'd say it makes more sense to lease. Certainly, to begin with, to understand what's going on, and um, uh, because even if even the 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 commercial condo uh, or co-op market is not, it's just not as liquid. It's just not that liquid. You can make a lot of money doing it, and you can lose a lot of money. Doing it. I mean, I actually, I, I have a, I have a listing, a, a medical co-op that I did all the, this was two or three years ago. I did all the comps and, you know, people were getting anywhere from $900 a foot to $1,000 a foot. And, and so we had it at like, you know, I don't know, we had it about 890,000. The 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 co op the the office just down the hall just went on the market for which is a little larger than this space just went on the market for four ninety five, so it's <laughs> it's uh, you know it, it's it's sort of like investing in Miami or something it, it goes it goes uh, it, it, there's more volatility but the problem is there's not there's volatility but but not that much liquidity so it's a that's a real pro play. Um, and I, I, I'm, I, I don't really deal that much with buying and selling, uh, buying and selling office co-ops currently leasing. Yeah. So James, you mentioned the leasing piece of it. Do you see any different tax incentives available to, you know, business owners that may be looking to lease in Manhattan in that area? Uh, yeah. Okay. So there's a ton of, um, there's a ton of incentives now, uh, having to do, there's the, thing called REAP, uh, Relocation and Employment Assistance Program. Um, this has to do, 
with companies. If you have a company that's been that's been, for instance, operating on I don't know, you know, sixty uh, sixth and second or something like that, and you're going to move either north of ninety sixth Street or to Long Island City or Queens or Brooklyn, and you're going to hire some people then you get you can you absolutely will get uh you know tax tax credits um the reap thing depending on how many people you bring over how much space you take so on and so forth um you can uh you can save up to you can get a, a tax credit of, of up to like three thousand dollars per employee per year um the total uh you know so you can you can save in terms of like, if you think of it in terms of your rent, you can knock off, you know, well, the, the paper I have in front of me says up to $15 per square foot per year on your, I, that would be only if you were a huge, a huge company, but even like a small company that employs like 10 people can knock off three, four, $5 per square foot per year um, on their, on their, on their rent costs. Um, Similarly, there's a, there's a similar thing for energy savings um, uh, where you can get, uh, if you, again, you have to do stuff to get this, right? You have to meet certain requirements. I don't know, you have to have the right type of window and you have to, you know, there's boxes that you have to check, um, but you can get, uh, again, this is saying from 35 to 45% of you off you know, uh, discount to your against your energy bill. Um, a similar thing is this commercial expansion program, um, so on and so forth. It, there's a ton of stuff out there, um, uh, and you just you got to do your homework. I, I mean, that would be you know for CG Moneta. Um, there's bread and butter for you guys, like to yep. really to dig into that and make that available. Uh, to uh, and you know get into the weeds with it and see exactly what what the ins and outs are, um, but there's a ton. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of stuff like that. A lot. Yeah, yeah. There's there's certainly benefits. <clears throat> Excuse me. What about like looking at COVID post COVID? Um, you know, we know, you know, the the whole virtual aspect we mentioned before. It's almost like the new norm. But the the companies that are leasing, is there a flight to quality? Um, have you seen, like, what's the dichotomy? What does that look like? Yeah, uh, yes. Well, it, again, it depends on, um, it depends on the, the, the size of the space, but spaces that were already, um, you know, consider, call it class A office space, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they have to, they're gonna, they have to totally up their game in terms of really everything. Um, and they are, and they will. Um, uh, you know, a big company uh, can uh, can expect. You know, uh, you know, it, it may come down to just a much nicer gym or a bigger gym, or yep. you know, all kinds of all kinds of things, or better coffee service. You know, Blue Mountain and catered lunch, of, like you said. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> who knows what the hell you're going to get, right? Um, so yes, now the flip side of that is that buildings, you know, smaller landlords, um, you know, for instance, I was showing some space on 23rd Street the other day, 
and these were like 2,500 square foot spaces. That you're just, it's, you're just going to get a lower rent. The, the, there's there's a, a lot of landlords who are just, they're not going to do work and they're not going to, you know, it's a small building, you're not going to put in like espresso machine. And then, yeah. so you'll just get, you know, the, the rent will be a little, uh, uh, you know, you'll, you'll get a somewhat discounted rent. Flip side of that is they're shy about long lease terms. It, it becomes increasingly hard to get like a 10 year lease, but don't be shy. Uh, don't be shy. Um, if you're a qualified tenant uh, and and uh, it looks like they can put you in there and 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 just not worry about you, uh, I I I push hard for it. I really do. I, I don't. If I'm supplying somebody with like an income stream with the built-in escalations, I don't. To me, like if you're not going to give these people a ten-year lease, uh, you know, I. I I, I mean, I leave it up to the tenant, but yeah, yeah. Especially, by the way, especially by the way, since you know the escape clause thing is is so different now than it was 10, 20, Well, maybe not ten, but you know, originally, if you signed a ten-year lease, you were technically on the hook for the whole damn ten years, and that just that's not really that's very rarely the case anymore. Really? Yeah, yeah. They had a. Uh, this again was a while ago now, but. There was during one recession, there were so many, like, I think this is what I heard. There were so many law firms that were having to like get out of their leases. And there was so much litigation that went on that it ended up just not being worth it to anybody. So they invented this thing called a good guy guarantee, uh, which is basically two things. There's the guarantee um, for the lease. Someone's on the hook for some amount of the of the total rent due over the lease term, no matter what. And then there's the good guy clause, which means it has different um, different flavors, but it basically means that, all right, so say after four or five years, you wanna leave, you give the landlord a certain amount of notice, um, you are paid up, fully up to the time that you leave. These premises are not a mess. You give back the keys. Everybody goes bye-bye. The only catch being you, you usually, and again, not always, lose your security or some part of security or something. But it does mean that you can that you can exit. Now there's variables, some, you know, there's different, they call it a freeze. Like they'll say, good guy guarantee with a two-year freeze. That means the guarantor is on the hook no matter what for two years with the rent. Right. And that's a personal guarantee. I mean, unless you're Starbucks, someone's signing personally for that. Right. Um, but it's, but it's, you know, but it's only the two, it's not the whole 10 years. Right. And that's, and again, like I, many people listening to me may know this, but it's, it's very, very important um, to have the lease be in the name of the company you don't have to, the, the lease is in the company name. And then the guarantor, almost always, it's a personal guarantee. So the difference being like the company, you can always like, you know, the company, the, the money, you can just put the money somewhere else and they can't get anything from the company. The guarantor, no, they're, they're gonna, you know, if it's worth it to them, they'll come after it. But to, to, to pay an attorney, and it's hap it happens, right? Where if you 
you sign personally the lease and the guarantee, the, the, the good guy clause does you no good at all because you've still signed the lease saying I'm, I'm paying for 10 years. Okay. So that's, that's basically the, that, that's very, very, very important. And it Has also- Has always speaks, been around? Well, I, you know, I mean, I've, I've been doing this for about 12 years now, uh, and I, I, no, it has not always been around, uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's fairly standard now. Like I've only, I, I, I saw, I, I did one deal a long time ago where the landlord was like, what do you mean good guy clause? I, oh, it's a 10 year lease. So that's 10 years. And <laughs> I told the tenant not to do it. I said, don't, don't do it. Like he's going to like own you. And she was just she wanted to open her fashion studio and she did it. And I, I don't know how it all ended up, but, um, but uh, no, it's, you know, it's something, like I say, that it, it, from what I understand, it's something that evolved because during there was a some recession, it might've been the seventies, could have been the eighties. There was just so much litigation. Law firms were contracting and uh, you know, and they were getting, you know, they, well, they're a law firm, so they were going to, if the landlord was going to hold them to 10, they were going to, you know, fight it. So the, everyone just decided it was like a truce. It was like a timeout. Let's, let's rejigger this, you know. Waving a white flag. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in general, uh, you know, you have that. Of course, the, the specific terms change. Like if you get a 10-year lease, some guy might say, well, guarantor's on the hook for at least five years. That's, if you have, a, if it's a big restaurant space or something, mm -hmm. they might do that. But it's that's subject to negotiation. You know, sometimes you get lucky and they for, like unbelievably they forget there is no freeze. Really? <laughs> it no. happens, but don't count on it. You, you might yeah. want to edit that out because I <laughs> it doesn't. No, we're keeping it. We're gonna leave with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think you know, James, James, we talked a lot. We talked about you know, pre-COVID, post-COVID, some some different lease options, you know, buying and purchasing and, and leasing and things like that. So my, my, my key question to you, being in the business and being the, 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 the knowing, either all-knowing and, and things like that. Yeah. The Oracle. You can just call me the Oracle. Yeah. Okay, the Oracle. Fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so being the Oracle, here's my question for you to, to, to kind of end this, 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 this little call. If, you're going, if you were going to personally com purchase commercial property, where would, you, where would you buy right now? Uh, well, interesting. Interestingly, I, I mean, again, it, I me personally, like I'm not, I am not like, I am not sitting in, you know, God forbid, Ukraine trying to get my money out into some safe place. Thank yeah. you, know, mercy, mercy. Uh, so, but for somebody who wants to make a play in, in, in commercial real estate, I think, and I'm working on researching, and I think South America is actually the, I really? think that, I think that's, I think South America is the, is the next continent. Like they, you know, think we've screwed things up a lot here in the States. Europe has screwed things up. India is, I, I don't know anything really about, like I begin to say anything about investing in India. I, I don't know. But, but I do think that you can, I, I was in Mexico City recently over, over Christmas and I, there's just these beautiful old buildings um, that are just, you know, you know, that are, you see for sale or not for sale, but are not being used. And I just think that if you went in there, you gotta, you know, 
you've got to do major work and it's a risk, right? Like it's, yeah. it's risk reward. It's a play, but it's, that's what I would do. And I'm sort of thinking about, about doing it. And I do, I generally like, I, I own an apartment. Um, uh, but I, I, this would be actually the first, the first kind of real estate investment per se I've done. And it's, uh, but I think it's, and, and I've certainly like, now, the reason it doesn't happen and people, obviously people worried about the government, it's unstable, are you gonna get some left-wing government and blah, blah, blah. Okay, I mean, but it just, it's all depends. Like it depends how, you know, what the cost basis is and so on and so forth. Um, but it, anyway, that's, that's my answer. That's my answer. I mean, the sane answer, like what, if I was a normal person, I would say, you know, third, second and third tier cities, multifamily, um, you know, duh. Um, that's that would be the thing to do. And we don't and, want and the if, same answer. We want the crazy answer. So yeah, well, you came to the Oracle. You said South America, though, but then you went to Mexico City. So if you can. Well, that, I guess South you're America. right. Good call. That's technically Central America. But it's yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. And again, one would have to be uh, one would have to, you know, one would have to choose. I'm not saying every country by any means would be equally uh well, yeah you know we're not going to go to venezuela and, and yeah i don't think that Andes. there would be yeah that would be some yeah um but uh certainly uh, like i um you know argentina i think and i know a little bit about this because my daughter's husband works uh has been doing a lot of work in south america uh, on the kind of private equity side and there's a lot of people sniffing around down there. There's, you know, there's uncertainty, uh, obviously, yeah. because of, um, but I don't, like, my feeling is like, left-wing government in South America doesn't, and again, I, this is just an instinct, it just, it doesn't mean what it used to mean. I don't, I don't quite see, I don't quite see people coming in and Nash, you know, taking away the foreign property. I don't know, but what do I, I you know, it, but yeah. that's the risk, but I do think there would be a, a significant reward. And, um, uh, and there's just gorgeous. The thing is there's gorgeous housing stock, right? Like that's the whole thing. Like if you think about the development of New York or Boston or Philadelphia or anything like that, like it always comes down to there's some neighborhood that's been forgotten that has this gorgeous housing stock. You know, and there may be a couple of artists living there or something, but and and then all of a sudden, like 20, you go, duh, this is like, you know, you just, you know, a hundred years ago, it was a bunch of rich people and then things changed and 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 it became, you know, down and out, but it's still the same houses, with the same, you know, and I think there's stuff like that. Because, yeah. I mean, Southern America has some gorgeous architecture. Gorgeous. And that's beautiful. When you find something that's like a diamond in the rough, when you find that kind of just as the house and I love that older, older, older architecture, even here in the United States. You know? Oh but yeah, oh too. sure. Well, look at Fort Greene, Fort Greene in Brooklyn, which mm -hmm. I, when I first moved here, uh, like everyone I knew who went there got held up at gunpoint. And, okay. uh, you know, and I, and I actually, I did, I did buy there, I did live there and I was terrified. So before I went to the closing, 
I put on a suit and I purposely walked from the building that I was about to buy. I walked all the way down Fulton Street, all the way to, you know, to the to the A train but to see if I was going to get mugged. <laughs> you let yourself be the guinea pig. Huh? <laughs> and nobody, nobody, I, you know, it was like, hey, man, hi, man. <laughs> and, and, and it was okay. So uh, a lot of changes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but again, it's a, it's a little park, brownstones all the way around the park, you know, I mean, I love that. Uh, and, and now those are six million, you know, I mean, tons, yeah. you know, so, like a big, big, big swaths of Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now Brooklyn is, is overpriced it's ridiculous like it's so everything you can argue is overpriced yeah housewise yeah. yeah except for except for us right like we're not overpriced. never nope. never ever the leasing i tell you what right now if you if you're a company looking to go into new york city now's the time to get in there you know set up shop you know call james lease just coming you know post pandemic when the prices are, are down versus where they were. And the it's definitely, it's definitely an opportunity. Uh, and, uh, you know, there were people all along, like there were people all along, just like in the financial crisis. I remember like in 2006, you know, even in when it was just, um, not 2006, 2008, um, there were, you know, people all, you know, swarming. Um, but the thing to realize about New York though, like, you know, you never, it's never a fire sale. It's never yeah. a fire sale. Um, at be. least, yeah. <laughs> yeah. right? Knock on wood, it's never, never a fire sale. Um, but there's opportunity. But a lot of sometimes, but a lot of times people come with exaggerated expectations. They think, oh, there's a, this, you know, there's, this has happened. I'm going to get something for half of what I could. That's not, not so much. But you can, you can, you can get a lower rent, you can get more TI um and you can especially like if you can get into find a, a, an area well it depends on the business right um, but if you for retail if you find an area that's just coming on the radar and you get in and 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 you get if you can get a 10-year lease or 15-year lease then you can really you know because the last seven six seven years you really that's that's when you make the money you know the, if, if i'm a business and i want to go like that's something you could help me with as a businessman right we could sit down you could show me the the, the best or the most up-and-coming areas yeah well i mean i i like i am very old school we'll get in my truck and we'll, we'll just drive around because there's that's how you see like you get the feeling you're not you gonna feel anything from the freaking internet you gotta feel it yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and you'll just see, you know, and you and you can just kind of suss it out and you talk to people and I mean the, the model for the re, for, for restaurants is find um find some you know liminal neighborhood, get in and uh you know and 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 start serving fancy food, but it doesn't the other yeah, not fancy food, but just good food. But the thing that you have to remember, again, it speaks to my earlier point about about capitalization is in New York, like it's got to look like somebody spent some money and some serious thought, like whatever you really spent, fine, that doesn't, but it's got to look, it's got to look slick, it's got to, it's got to have that I mean, you know, you've seen these new coffee places, right? Like Absolutely. blue bottle coffee. God, I don't like how the, I mean, they must, the place that opened near me, that was like a $400,000 build out at least. 
at least. Now they're hugely capitalized and so on and so forth. But but it's gotta like look, it doesn't, you don't have to spend that kind of money, but it's gotta look really nice. Um, and the food's gotta be really nice. So in other words, somebody like the, the feeling is, gee, here I am in you know Prospect Heights, but I've stumbled on something that I might find you might have found in the West Village or something. And those those are the places where you know they have the best shot. Um, because there's Great people time. like people in New York, they're jaded, they know good food, but when they see yep. it, when they when it's they see it, they will pay for it. And they'll absolutely go, they'll, they will move, they will they will make it in the evening, they will go, you know, they will they will travel. Yeah. That's, that's what I love, love, love about New York City. We're coming up to wrap time. Um, James, want to thank you for spending some time with us. Um, we're going to hit the pause button. If you can, let the viewers know, how can they contact you? Uh, best thing is call me. <laughs> like and a what's radio, your number? A radio ad. <laughs> it's, uh, best number is 718-864-8144. Again, 718-864-8144. That's my, my cell and best contact. Uh, I'm on the CG Manetta Partners page. Uh, you can see a little bit about me. Uh, do we have a link to the to my company? I think we do. We do right? yes. Yeah, yeah. You click yeah. the logo, it brings you right to the website. Yeah. Um, but the uh, you know again, in general, the thing that's important is the broker, not the company. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just like I don't care what. Like I like my. I, I'm very fond of like, and it's a, it's a very cool company, but you know it's the broker it's, it's the broker. you can you know you can you can go to douglas element and get the biggest well i don't want to no, get in trouble right. that's it that's why we have you on here we we, we completely follow that ethos there's no question about that so uh, yeah want to thank so, you thank you guys this has been fun and uh yeah uh, if you you know have any more questions or anything always feel free to call me and uh, again, that's 718-864-8144. And come and take a ride in my truck. That's what I was going to say. Give them a call, take a truck ride with them around <laughs> New York City. Um, you know, we, we went a little over time. I'd love to do this again. I have so many questions about just New York City in general um, and the commercial real estate market. It's always been something that, you know, I've, I've had an interest in. So thank you very much. Uh, Benny, you want to add? Very, very welcome. Uh, James, we appreciate your time. And anybody that's watching this wants to get in touch with us, you heard James' phone number. He's also on our website, or you can reach out to Dan or I directly, and we'll put you in touch. With Highly you. recommended. You guys will not be. Yeah, uh, we'll be very happy. Yeah, and let's let's credit. work on um, like digging into the all the tax incentives that I was talking about because I think that would be. Uh, I will I will like start the ball rolling, and you guys can do your thing where you know because you know how to go. That's your bread and butter is, is the is the is the weed so um because there's there is a ton of stuff out there and yep. but let's uh, definitely do it so so long okay. everyone okay take care